You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Accept it in the Beloved. I know you've heard me make that statement yesterday, and, and I'm sure you hear it from me all the time, because it's something that keeps overwhelming me inwardly, and it keeps opening my understanding continuously to the place that I've been given in the Holy of Holies, in the Holy Tabernacle of God's presence, that I am now living in His presence, and He is living in me all because of Jesus. It is is unfathomable glory and and grace and favor and mercy and blessings. It's it's what transforms our heart. Like Paul would say in Romans 9, it is not he who wills nor he who runs, but it is God who shows mercy. Or in other words, he would say in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I did not receive that grace in vain, but I labor more abundantly, yet not I, but the grace that is with me. You see, that is the great revelation that John Newton had after he had been the captain of a slave ship and had so cruelly treated other human beings that he came to salvation in the middle of a storm that he cried out to God, despite he was a wicked man. He cried out to God. And some people forget that Jesus died for sinners. And Jesus saved him and he became a vicar, a minister, and wrote the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And William Wilberforce, who was a politician, received his inspiration to to instigate the abolishment of slavery in, in the British Parliament. And he received this inspiration from John Newton. I mean, how, how amazing can God's grace be? How awesome can God's grace be? Come on now, you haven't seen the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of it, neither will you ever be able to get to the end of it because it's eternally, eternally glorious, eternally awesome and powerful. There's no beginning or end to His great mercies and grace. and and. And you see, you've got to come to that revelation in your life that you are not standing before the Lord on the merits of your own, but on the mercies of His redeeming blood, that the righteousness by which you can stand before God was purchased for you, obtained for you through the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, Maruko how can we not begin to worship in the power of the Holy Ghost and begin to just lift our hands and say, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and praise forever and ever, for Thou hast redeemed us and saved us to be Your own holy people by Your abundant mercies. I mean, come on, folks. I, Oh my goodness, when you think about these these glories, these awesome things that that how can I not begin to shout and praise and, and thank the Lord for it? You are worthy. 
You are worthy for you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and peoples and nations and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such that are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Woo! Come on now. You cannot be born of the Spirit and stand before the throne of God and be silent. It is not possible. You've got to give praise and glory for the privilege to be born of the Spirit to your heavenly Father having sent His Son not to condemn you, but to save you through the shedding of His own blood on the cross of Calvary. My goodness, what glory. Read Colossians 1 verse 19 through 22. My goodness, folks. My goodness, amazing grace. My goodness, I can't stop saying it. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. Listen to me here as I read to you this scripture that I love deeply. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, to the praise of the glory of His grace. He made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through the blood, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Put that into your heart. And when the Apostle Paul is writing this here in Ephesians by the Holy Spirit, in a language that can only come from a new created heart, from a new created spirit, from those who are living in the new covenant because such riches of glory were hidden from the eye of those who lived under the old covenant and from the ears and the heart of those who could not perceive it. But have now been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit those things that are freely given to us in the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. My goodness, friends. The Apostle Paul understood the Old Testament. And so, if I take you to something that I have talked to you about before, but I love talking about it again, it's in Exodus chapter 28. You see, the Apostle Paul here in Ephesians 1, verse 6 and 7, is is speaking of being made accepted in the Beloved, right? Now, for those of us that are not familiar with the Old Covenant, that would be new and and something that you may have to work to be able to grasp and to be able to to say, I I don't really get that. What does that exactly mean, right? But for those who understood the Old Covenant and where the Holy Spirit could help them understand from the Old Covenant what the New Covenant now gave. In the Old Covenant, it was foreshadowed. We had the type. In this new covenant, we have the substance. We have the fulfillment. I mean, I can pull up my phone, right? And you can see a photo of Virginia there, right? And I like to look at that photo. I do, oh, every day, all the time, I look at that photo. Now, when I go home 
and I'm standing in front of her, I don't say, oh my goodness, darling, you're so beautiful. I, I just can't stop looking at you. She would be looking at me and saying, do you like the type of me or do you like me? Do you like the shadow or the type? The picture is but a shadow and the type. And you see, I am grateful for the shadow and type, but I live in the substance. I don't just look at the picture, I go. I go give her a little kiss and a hug. I say that with all respect. In other words, I'm living in the substance. Do you see the difference? The photo and the experience. The Old Testament's like the photo. The New Testament is the experience that the Old Testament just foreshadowed. So let me show you this foreshadowing here, which is really valuable for us to understand the New Testament, okay? I'll read to you uh, Exodus 28, verse 36 through 38. You shall also make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it, like the engraving of a signet, holy to the Lord. Holiness to the Lord. Again, holiness to the Lord. And you shall put it on a blue cord. Blue is always the sign of virtue, right? It's the sign of virtue, divine unction. And it shall be on the term, turban. It shall be on a front, on the front of the turban. So in other words, the high priest had this turban on, right? And, and on the front, right here on his forehead, was this golden plate that said, Holiness unto the Lord. Right here, Holiness unto the Lord, right? It shall be on Aaron's forehead that Aaron, listen closely, may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel hollow <clears throat> in all their holy gifts. And it shall always be on his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. And I read that in years past and I just couldn't catch it. What does it mean, Lord? That Aaron shall bear this golden plate on his forehead, holiness unto the Lord, when he goes into the presence of the Lord, to bear the iniquity of the holy things. I don't understand that, Lord. What does it mean, bear the iniquity? Iniquity means... Iniquity means a nature that is not perfect with God's nature, like crookedness. It's like you're talking with somebody, you can feel they're not being honest with you. You can feel they're not being straightforward, sincere, wholehearted. You can feel they're hiding something. That's iniquity. It's, it's guile is another word kind of for iniquity, guile, deceit. David says, blessed is the man whom's iniquities are covered and whose heart is without guile in Psalm 32, verse 2. Blessed is the Lord who has given redemption, a reconciliation to the heart of man who now can stand before God without hiding anything, completely open before God and not hiding anything. That is what I'm talking to you about. And I pray the Holy Spirit helps you catch this because it's so important for our worship and our loving fellowship with our Father. 
all of us have sometimes things in our lives that aren't completely perfect God's nature. And yet we come to God, Father, I love you. Father, I love you. Father, I want your will. Father, show me, teach me. Father, I'm yours. Father, I, I surrender my heart. And yet there are things that are not in us complete, perfect after his nature. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. You have seen the Lord deal with things in your heart that wasn't completely his nature. And you kind of later on began to see, wow, Lord, that I didn't see how selfish I was that I didn't see how self-willed, how stubborn, how insistent on my own will I was, Lord. I mean, thank you. You have borne my iniquity and allowed me to receive your Holy Spirit, allowed me to receive your love and allowed me to see my, your blessings even though my heart wasn't perfect before you. You see, Jesus' great work of salvation and redemption is to make, give you a true heart, Hebrews 10, 22, and absolute sincere faith, perfected faith. In other words, that your nature is embracing perfectly God's nature and there's no contradiction in your heart to God's nature. Everything in your heart perfectly mirrors His nature because your heart is completely filled with the Holy Spirit and transformed into His likeness by His indwelling presence. And there's no guile, no deceit, no dishonesty, no ulterior motives. You are completely one with the Father in the Spirit. I mean, folks, this is the work of our Savior, that according to the riches of the glory of His grace, He makes us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through the blood of forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Verse 6 and 7 of Ephesians 1. So the high priest bore that plate upon his forehead with the inscription, holiness unto the Lord. And he bore within himself the people whose hearts were not totally perfect before God, so that through his holiness, they may be accepted. It is through Christ perfected spirit, Hebrews 5, uh, verse 7 through 14 talks about that that we are now made accepted in the Beloved. It is Christ by whom you are accepted, you may say to me. Are you saying that I could have, that I could stay imperfect and still be perfect? It's impossible to partake of that divine nature and not be transformed. It's not possible. It's not possible. Why? Because it is absolute. It is sovereign. It stands above all iniquity, transgression, and sin. It conquers all through the blood of Christ. Everything inside of you that isn't sincere, that isn't upright, that isn't true, that is deceitful, guile, self-willed, self-seeking, it completely conquers it all. The blood of Christ is sufficient to conquer every insincerity and guile of your heart and make you perfect before Him. Oh my goodness, the riches of the glory of His grace. It is amazing, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have a good day.